This episode of the Backside Ground Balls podcast is presented by The Performance Academy. For all of your athletic training needs, train with purpose at The Performance Academy. TPA houses a number of training resources from private baseball and softball instruction to team sports performance classes. Utilize advanced technologies like output sports, hit tracks, and TrackMan to take your game to the next level. On top of our elite staff and advanced technological capabilities, be a part of the TPA family and take advantage of the many resources our facility has to offer. Want to go to a game? How about a concert? How about going to see classical music? Whatever you're into, there's only one place to get your tickets. Thankfully, we are partnered with SeatGeek, the essential resource for live events. For any of your ticket needs, make sure you go over to SeatGeek.com and use the code BACKSIDEGROUNDBALL to receive $20 off your first purchase. Again, that is SeatGeek.com, promo code BACKSIDEGROUNDBALL to receive $20 off your first purchase. We are super excited to announce that we are now partnering with Routine Baseball. For all of your clothing needs, athleisure, the sickest baseball gear you can get. We're talking hoodies, shorts, sweatpants, sunglasses, hats, any baseball style you can imagine. Routine Baseball has it, and we are now partnered with them. All you got to do is go to routine.com backslash backside ground ball. That's a mouthful, so I'm going to say it again. It's routine.com backslash backside ground ball and check out all the different options they have you will receive 10 percent off your order today one more time routine.com backslash backside ground ball and get 10 percent off your order today and welcome back to the backside ground balls podcast where dan and i are coming to you in person on the campus of gardner webb university in boiling springs north carolina We have a super jam-packed day with a tour of the facilities, but first, we're lucky enough to have Coach Jim Chester, head coach of the Gardner-Webb Running Bulldogs, joining us on the podcast. Coach Chester's entering his fifth season as the head coach of Gardner-Webb, coming off a 31-25 and season in the 2023 season. Coach, thank you for joining us on the podcast. No, uh, fired up. I'm excited you guys are here. Um, Looking forward to talking to you. And, uh, you know, uh, five seasons, but I I could say four in a COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. so just make sure I always throw the co- you know, you got to have the COVID. And yeah. That, count. Yeah. Right in the middle of your first season on campus, too. Yeah. I mean, that's no, tough. Okay, yeah. Well, welcome to the Gardner Webb <laughs> in Division One baseball. So, <laughs> no, it's good. I would like to say a good memory, but not, you know, in a yeah. lot of different ways. But no, no, excited, excited you guys are here and fired up to do this. Of course. Awesome. Well, we're, we're definitely fired up to be here as well. But fall's officially concluded. I, I know Tommy was telling us before uh, that a lot of guys are heading home and, and heading home for the winter break. How, how did the fall go? And, and how are you feeling about this uh, 2024 season and coming in the spring? I think the fall went great. Um, you know, everybody kind of making their way back home. And uh, it's that time of year to kind of put the bat and ball down and relax, um, you know, heal up. And, you know, the, the fall is a grind. I think, you know, we've all been involved in them. And, you know, sometimes they're more difficult than the spring in a lot of different ways. Um, so, you know, our guys laid it on the line all fall through individuals, team practice, all the different things that, that we do. And um, it was the, the biggest piece for me going into this season wasn't as much about, like, you know, on-field development was going to happen based based off of, what we were going to do as a team through practice plan and, and, and the push from the coaches and a lot of those different things. But, you know, um, I think the word culture is used a lot in sports, right? But, you know, that was a really a piece that we wanted to work on, the cohesiveness, the chemistry, 
um, the flow of our team on a daily basis, the buy-in to the process, and um, you know how we were going to grow collectively as a unit. And uh, I couldn't be more happy about how that transpired and how we grew and how close we got. And, and that started from the very top um, all the way through our, our staff, um, through our players, um, through our support staff. You know, I'm talking even from, um, you know, our young man that does our social media, um, who's an undergraduate student. I mean, everybody's just really bought into to us being the best team that we can be this spring. So, you, you, you know, you've, you've been doing this for a long time now. You've been at several different stops. And you talk about building that culture throughout the fall. And kind of thinking back a little bit throughout those stops and now here at Gardner-Webb, obviously, how important is it? Because, you know, the way I think about it is at the end of the day, you know, baseball is so individual when you're in that moment. But when you're dealing with 18 to 23-year-olds, everybody has to be pulling on the same rope to achieve what you want to. So kind of how do you go about developing that culture with those young guys and, and, and getting everybody on the same page in the fall? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's changed dramatically, just like the game's changed dramatically here in the last X amount of years. You know, when I first started coaching, some of the method and, and, and process then is different than it is today. Um, you know, I, I really believe that – I don't know if I've done a good job, but I know I've tried to, you know, change and adapt with things that are going on. You know, I go back 20 years ago – um, you know, you, you would specifically be calling recruits from an office and you would be going to Legion showcases and doing those type of things. And then the showcases came out, like like the, the independent type things. And many people would say, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to that. Like, that's not the way it's done. Well, a lot of those guys, you know, don't work in baseball anymore. <laughs> then travel ball started with the teams and the, and the growth and all those things. And social media became a huge proponent as, as we're sitting here today doing some of the things that we're doing. And people, people, a lot of coaches in the industry would be like, ah, I'm not buying into social media. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. Well, you know, I, I feel like myself and, and the, the programs that I've been involved with have adapted to each end of those things they, as they went on and done. So when you're going into, like, and then with the team and within baseball, you know, how, how are you adapting and growing and showing growth, you know, within what is relevant in the game today and within 18 to now, I don't know, 25-year-olds yeah. <laughs> in college baseball in a lot of different ways. So with that, I mean, I feel like, you know, with with what we did this fall, it, what, it was intentional to grow our culture and whatever, but there wasn't an, like I put down a plan on a piece of paper. Right. I wanted to do as much as we could together as much as possible, all right, with the message that nobody was bigger than the team and the program. We did a lot of team activity in regards to on and off the field. Spent more time on team like defense and putting in drill sets where we were doing things collectively as a unit, where communication was involved, where there was more selfless acts, more selfless plays offensively and defensively, like really focusing more on the short game, putting a lot more emphasis on um, certain base running things that we, we felt we needed them to be important. The, the little things, the extra base that we knew was going to show up in the spring to help us. And, and we got a lot of buy-in. And it, it was like a snowball effect, right? Just kind of started small in the beginning and kept moving and moving and moving and, and, and allowed us to continue to grow to, to where we needed to be. Sorry, I just I, I love the thought of – because I feel like in, in 
today's game, the way like the individual development has really blown up, you see just like the off-season programs and everything, I feel like sometimes that team-oriented practice stuff can kind of go by the wayside a little bit. So to hear, you know, and I think every team every year is different, right, just depending on the guys in that room and, right. and where they're at. And, like, how do you go about taking that temperature of, of what does this this team, this unique, you know, group of individuals need to grow together? Well, I think it's a lot of like we're hybrid where I'm talking about a lot of those things, but they're mixed in with the individual development. Right. You know, we have Yacker Tech on our field. You know, we we so we have every the data piece, the the uh, feedback, the individual development that needs to be done from that standpoint. You know, we just got a wear put in here where we've got a six camera, nice. si, um, a, you know, six camera angle system that allows us to get the instant feedback that our coaches need to help our players develop. Also, you know, I'm a big proponent that I tell players all the time: the best coach that you have is yourself. And you're going to have some tools now to be able to see the things that you need to do to grow and develop. So, you know, there's a there's a big piece in there about yeah, you're you're right. I mean, the individualized instruction is is at a whole different level. I mean, we recruit young men now. They they've got a personal trainer, they've got a fielding yep. coach, they've got a a, hit, a hitting coach, a hitting instructor. Like, it's 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 interesting. And in the tough part for us as coaches is like. You know, Coach Marks, who you're going to speak with, he can't give 20 individual lessons every single day. Right. You know, it's, just, it's, it's very difficult to do those type of things. So that's where, you know, you've been able to see or you're going to be able to explore a little bit more, like our indoor facility. As much as that was for, you know, obviously the, the, the practice and growth of the program and development and all that, it, it was an outlet for our players to be, allow, too, to be able to get in and do the things that they need to do. You know, this last week, you know, we didn't have formal practice, you know, based off of like where we were at with everything that we were doing and the time of year and all that. But, you know, my office is right outside the facility, the indoor facility, and the music was going from 8 a.m. until the till I left at 6 o'clock. Like, you just know guys are getting in and doing the work that they need to do. And I think the biggest, the biggest thing, too, and I think it's, you know, one of the, the – on top of the game changing and a lot of different things, I think the, the biggest thing – and probably the best thing that's came to light in the last X amount of years has been mental health. And I don't think, you know, for me personally, if I know playing in high school 25 years ago and in college 20 years ago, like if I ever mentioned the words mental health or I wasn't having a good day, I, things were said to me that I can't say on this podcast and, you know, you need to get back into what you're doing. And it was some things were handled in a different way. But now for, for us, you know, we want to be very cognizant about what's going on with our guys mental health-wise. And, and that facility, for me, I think is even a bigger mental health proponent than it is anything else. Because, again, we're in Bowling Springs, North Carolina. It's a great place to live. There's an awesome school and all that. But there needs to be a release and somewhere yeah. you need to go to, to do what you need to do. And the amount of our guys that go up there in the evening and are able to get away from the stresses of their life, school, right, whatever even even within baseball whatever it might be but they get a chance to go up there and put the music on and get an extra lift and play some ping pong swing the bat do whatever they need to do i think it's that has helped our culture too in my opinion to be able to have that and to have that after hour cohesiveness in a baseball setting is allowed growth there too 
Yeah, it's super, it's super awesome that you say that because it's the memories that they make that kind of carry into the culture that sets the spring, right? And I, one of the things that you had talked about in the balance of individual development and obviously doing the, the little things and, and setting those selfless acts in, that you're talking about is how to set something up in the fall that is lasting, right? That's going to carry over in the spring. We used to talk about it. I was at the division three level. So it's a little bit of a different fall of the four week sprint that we have. And then it's like, Hey, see you guys in January, basically, at least from what the NCAA knows. Um, it's see you guys in, in January, but how do you balance the ability to plan your practices and plan development around development around things that are actually going to matter come opening day, you know, cause guys are going to go home for the winter. They have to take their own individualized intrinsic motivations to d- continue that development. How do you balance the two things of making sure you're doing stuff that's actually going to translate to wins in the spring while also not neglecting the individual side that, that Dan and you both brought up? Yeah, it's, it's tough. First off, so the Division three thing, right? Like, it's, this is, this, this, it's amazing to me. Isn't it like 16 practices or something? Yeah, for it? 16. It's funny to me because I played Division three baseball. Yep. And Coach Shawley, if you're watching this, like, like there were no rules. Then. Like, I mean, it's amazing the amount of time we spent on the field, which I, I have so many fond memories oh, of yeah. doing. You know what yep. I mean? And, and, the, and I started thinking about that 16 practice thing, and I, and like, over like four weeks or something, yep, right? Four and, weeks, yep. And so that that would even mean like there's 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 three three days off. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I some of that like it just blows my mind. There was none of that that was going on back in the early two yeah. thousands at all. And then I was a division three coach for seven years and like I don't know. We didn't. There, there, we were well outside. That was before this rule was put in place. Let me sorry to say that. But but it's just it's amazing to hear because I just get flashbacks of that and I go there was just. Well, more than any of that had ever went on. But anyway, so that's a good question, right? Because you want to try to stay like where you have, and again, is it a happy medium, right? Or, you know, you see a lot where like it's more sided on the one end of like the individual development. Because that, that's what programs want to sell is like, you know, are you going to make me better? A player development as far as that goes. And you know, and sometimes players think the more the more they're going to develop is the more attention they get. Right. And, and I think that's a, the culture of the facility lesson, that type of piece, which is all a great benefit and really good into what goes on. So I think you have to find a great balance to, to what you have and what you need to do. And also, that, that's why we've worked so hard to, to increase our facilities. And because we want self-motivated young men right that they're going to want to work with so some of the individual development's got to be to have access we just talked about to having facilities to do those type of things but i feel like we're really intentional about having early work having we do have individual defense we have individual time for our guys you know we're very intentional now about making sure the pitchers have at least an hour to an hour and 15 minutes before we do anything team wise okay right. so we make sure that our lifts are built all around practice, okay? So there's individual time there for strength and conditioning, individual time for your craft. Then inside of that, the team functions. And, and, and to be consistent with what your plan is. So the guys kind of know every single day when they come to the park, okay, like I know that I'm going to lift generally in, in this time, and then I'm going to have this early work segment where I'm going to have my individual time with a coach, without a coach, multiple things going on for my growth individually then it kind of all stems into getting together as a team and taking that next hour to 90 minutes to do the things that we need to do to to get to collectively as a team and then to have the back part of practice again 
for whatever we missed in so many ways. So I think every day we are building around individual development, team chemistry, team dynamics to grow, to get better, to do the things we need to do to win games. Um, and then all, and hitting on all those facets, coaching, non-coaching, and, and doing those things to help help grow. Is it right? I don't know. Is it wrong? I don't. You, you don't know. You know what I mean? Um, maybe I'll tell you in April. You know some of the things we did will be in a better spot. But it's uh, that's kind of the way we try to format and grow and do the things that we need to do. This might be backtracking a little bit, but. How long, and, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, part of your answer will be that it, it, you, you try to continue to evolve every year. But, you know, you've been at several stops now as a head coach. How, how long did it take you to kind of start to be able to formulate that plan of, okay, we need to have that blend? And how did you go about doing that as you kind of grew in your coaching career? Yeah, it's, that's tough. You're like, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not, I, I, I never, ever, ever reflect. And, and um, meaning like, like, like trying to say this the right way, like where I, I, I have almost every practice plan from the last 18 years in so many ways. Right. And it's funny to see like ones that have changed in, in 10 years, what one looks like versus what one looks today. So for me, I've always looked to see how can we effectively do more, right, in the same amount of time that we did the a year before and just try to and try to grow from that from that from that point it, it's 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 hard it's hard to to like really pinpoint like some certain things around other than trying to get like a little bit better each year but i never sit back and just in in, in look i always remember what didn't work right okay and try to then make it work and i've tried to create certain team things that we do um, you know, we, we, we put in something new this year. I'm not a guy. Like, there's honestly probably one thing that we do that I've done for, like, my whole entire career. Now, some things have morphed from things that we've that, done and grown. Yeah. But we've put a defensive segment thing in here where, where we get 100 plays in in 25 minutes. Whoa. And the, guy, and the guys love it. They love it. And we've got, you know, balls flying, machine shooting here, fungos here. And, like, you know, it, it, and it's a piece where I kind of – made that up on a plane this year and i've been trying to find more things through where we can do like where we can get more plays and more game plays in short periods of time to then dedicate more time to having that work that they need individually yeah that, i mean that's such a creative way to keep guys engaged i mean i hate to be the the social media era guy but but kids want to move around they want to fly around and it, it, I, I guess you could probably say more indefinitely i'm sure it's a lot of fun for them to go fly around kind of controlled chaos that it becomes right no doubt any listen let's let's talk as a play, like on team defense like tell me you guys as players what was like the thing that you didn't like to do the most a bundy 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 right? first and thirds first and thirds I, I knew it. I got, a, a, anyone we have on here right like if you have on these these spots like anyone you talk to would be like i hated doing bundy yep. and i hated doing first and third yep okay now i've been a part of programs and then i and i and it played like back Back in the day, right? Like <laughs> you had to do bunt defense for forty-five minutes forever, every right? day. You had to do first and thirds for forty-five minutes. Okay, and then so here I am, a young coach. So what am I doing? Same, same I'm thing. I'm in a gym. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> doing bunt yeah. D, right? 
You know what I mean? You're yeah. doing you're doing bunty with these foam balls yep. and they, like and then it's and you're doing it's just over and over and over like it's it's January at eleven o'clock at night and you're doing bunt <laughs> defense in a gym, right? So, you know, part of me started like really reflecting a couple years ago on some things like from from that standpoint, like about practice, and I'm going, this is insane because. The more you do Bunty, what's more likely going to happen? Check out. Guys are going to check out. And then what happens? Yeah, and then we mess the stage, those Bunties right? up. The yep. ball gets thrown yep. away. The pitcher doesn't feel And then what happens to the coaches? They, they lose, start going yeah, nuts. Lose their mind. So we got to do it more and longer. So our guys know, like, we do, we're intentional about getting better at, for Bunties and first and thirds. But, like, literally, if we do three or four, like, at a high level, I blow the whistle and we move <laughs> it. And they go nuts. They love it. <laughs> They go, no, I love it. And that's so, so for me, like, that's part of it, adapting too in so many yeah. ways. Now, but again, maybe we don't do it for 45 minutes, but maybe we do it three times a week for 10 minutes. Right. You follow me? Yep. And you kind of, you, you're still getting out. But then I feel you're getting a higher level rep. And the guys know, like, they know when we get into some of that, <laughs> if we do this with energy and intent, in a great effort, and we execute. Oh, we're not going to do this very long. <laughs> so, music to your ears, right? Yes, one hundred percent. No, that's that's great, and I, I really think I'm sure there's coaches out there that, and, and players too, that are going to be like, "Geez, I hope my coach hears that." <laughs> Get us out of some bunt defense. Yeah, and some, come to Gardner Webb. We we're going to do very limited bunty and first and third. Never stop recruiting, coaches yeah. out there. You never yeah. stop recruiting. So I want to ask you, you. You said something a little bit ago, and, and you mentioned doing more team setting stuff. Talk a little bit about your culture and your core values. We've seen them written on the wall a couple times here. You mentioned selfless multiple times here. So what are your core values here at Gardner-Webb, and what do they mean to you and the players here as well? Yeah, no, I think that um, the, the three things that are really important to us is, is being selfless, relentless, and blue-collar. And you'll see it around the facility here when you go around. And then we are getting some new graphics up in the indoor to finish that project here over break. And part of the other thing that I've been trying to instill within those three words has been attitude, energy, and effort. And, and a lot of that's cliche, and you'll see it a lot of different places. But, you know, this year, um, probably new from a team standpoint, inter, inter, and then going ahead and intertwining all of that has been, we did a culture workshop in the beginning of the semester, laid out a lot of different things, a lot of words inside of words, right? And what do they mean? What is the definition? A lot of stuff like that inside of selfless, relentless, and being blue collar, okay? So doing that, being selfless is, is really important to me. I just think it's such a blessing that, you know, I get to be involved with baseball, that, that I get to be a baseball coach. I mean, I really take for granted sometimes that just I have a baseball season every single year. I have a baseball season. As long as the, as long as – Gardner Webb wants me to come back, and the good Lord says I'm supposed to be coaching baseball. Like, I, I have a season, and I probably take that for granted sometimes. I mean, every year since I've been six years old, I've played a baseball or co you know, been a part of a baseball season. So, I'm very grateful for that, and I want to pay it forward, which is I think really important. So, being selfless is extremely important, and I try very hard inside of our guys to go and make sure that they are selfless on a daily basis. I think it's really important. And, and part of that is making sure that they understand that the guy next to them is more important than themselves, right? When you make a decision, right, are you thinking about how it affects somebody else before you 
think about yourself. And, that, and it, that's hard to do. Hard for any of us to do. You yep. do, me to do, anyone yep. to do. So those things are really, really, really important to me. Really important to me. Yeah. Um, and I just, the, the, I love what you're saying about the, the selflessness because to me, you know, a, a lot of times when you get these kids on campus, they've been the best player on whatever team they came from for a long time or they've had mom and dad telling them how good they are. And now you show up and it's like, oh, shoot, I'm 18 years old. I'm a freshman in a lot of cases and, and all of these dudes have been in that same spot as me. And so now you have to kind of understand that you have to just be the best at your role. You know, that's how I always used to describe it is like whatever your role is, whether it's your own bucket for BP, be the best bucket guy we got in the program. And, and, you know, you, you talk about tying that into the core values, you know, it's great to have these buzzwords. You know, I feel like a lot of programs or, or people or companies, whatever it is, has these buzzwords, but then you don't live it out. You know, how do you go about, you know, making sure that's instilled within these guys of like, hey, this is how we do it. And I'm sure a lot of it has to do with kind of the leadership in that locker room, right? Yeah, it, it is. And I think that having, you know, when, when you're when you're older, like you have older players, like, and they, they, they've kind of been through the process. I think it helps communicate that down. Um, you know, and then talking about it, you know, a lot, like in, in, in even individual, like, you know, I, there's a lot of freshmen this year. I'll, I've sat, you know, just even like during some BP or whatever's going on, I'll be like, you're having a good fall. You're working hard. You know, have some ups and downs. I was like, I was like, you know, if, if you're a pinch runner this year, are you good with that? And, 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 and you get them to start thinking and talking about it. You know, we have a few freshman arms here that are pretty good, but I'm trying to explain to them about like, Hey, you know, like like what you're doing off the field now is going to set up for the spring. You know, you, the, the season that's about to come up is something that's going to be as, um, you know, as hard and rigorous as anything you've ever done baseball-wise. Right. And, like, are you are you ready to withstand that, right? Like, are you going to be okay if you're pitching two innings a week? You know, you right. know hey, you're going to need to – like, just starting to, like, you know, and then I'll go and use other players as examples. I'll be like, hey, talk to so-and-so, like – you know, he pitched 13 innings his freshman year. You know what I mean? And then he got this assault. Like, this is a process type thing. We talked to him about it. You know what I mean? Hey, so-and-so redshirted his freshman year. This is something you need to speak to about. So it's it's hard. It's hard. But it has to come, like you said, from the locker room. Um, it's the hardest thing to do today. Right. It's, it's the hardest It's the hardest thing to do. Um, and guys think they understand, and they say the right things, but when the actions start come out, that's is the that's where the problem. Happens. Right when you're in it, when it's the spring and you haven't had that bat in two weeks, just because that's where you're at on, in in that situation, it's a lot harder to continue to to believe. But you have to, right? And, and unfortunately, it's it, this is un, the unfortunate part of like some of the stuff that goes on outside of college baseball is, you know, when you're when you are put in a situation that you have to be a role person at, at any age. There is no, there, there, you know, in instant gratification mm-hmm. world we live in, there's no time for that. It's going to go, you know what I mean? Very rarely do any of these high school players we have play JV baseball. Right. Like, they don't know what it is. I mean, I, I personally, as much as this isn't about, I mean, I played freshman basketball. I played freshman football, okay? And I played JV baseball. And part of that had to do with talent. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But... You know, I did end up playing all three at a varsity level in high school, but like, there, there just there was a known fact that like you're going to be on this team, you got to work through this, and then you get to this and you do this. I I just don't know if there's a lot of those anymore. 
You know, right. I mean, I'm just using, like, I remember playing Little League Baseball and being 11. And sometimes you didn't play as much as the 12-year-olds. 12 12 in your town. Like, and, and then you had to wait. And then when you became 12, like, you kind of, it was your time to do it. But that a lot of that's kind of out the window. Yeah, you just go, I mean, a it's lot really of it. Out yep. Yep. It's really out the window. It's really out the window. And it's the hardest thing, I think, that coaches have to do now. Because, I mean, listen, and the players are afforded the opportunity, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It's within the rules. If they don't like the situation they're in, they have every liberty to just leave, right. as we're seeing even right now today right. in that transfer portal. It's going nuts. And and that's one thing is is especially uh, I'm sure you know when you talk we've already talked a little bit about development a lot of programs have built as developmental programs right and you bring guys in that you believe are talented as true freshmen but might not be impact players right away how do you balance the ability to get them to trust the process of saying hey you need to be selfless in your freshman year you might only get one at bat a week and it might be in a throwaway game and and this and that but you could be an impact guy come your junior year and an all-conference guy really being a linchpin in our lineup how do you balance having that conversation in the environment that college baseball is today where guys might be hearing from their buddy down the road at another school saying hey you could come play for us right away yeah, yeah. it's going on and it's going on not even through buddies it's going on through like right unfortunately other programs and different things it's and that's that probably a topic for another day but, <laughs> but it's a yeah you know what i'm gonna be honest with you i don't know and, and, and it's a bad answer because we're really, we're really, 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 really early in this process of this going on. It wasn't that long ago where that wasn't that hard to do. Yeah. It really wasn't pre-COVID. Right. It was. It was a kind of an understood, in a lot of ways. Um, now today, it's 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 not. If it's not exactly what I want and when I want it, I, I'm going to try something else. And um, you, it's not going to change our approach though. You know, it's going to be like it's going to be like a, I use the word blue collar, right? You're going to get out of it what you put into it, and I and I explain. I go if you if you work hard and you, and you do the things we ask of you, and you are a selfless person, and you are relentless, and you're blue collar about it, you, you're going to get an opportunity. You're going to get opportunity. You will be rewarded, right? Okay, the program will reward you. The game will reward you. Baseball will it will reward you, It'll reward you for doing the right things. But you got to be patient with it. You got to be patient and go through the process. Okay, and it's. But how do we? It, it it's hard. It's just it's just a constant verbal reminder and letting them know. You know what I mean? And um and, and then sticking to your guns as a coach though, and 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 making sure that you're making the right decisions based off your mind, right? Right. And, and like what you need to do, and not always your heart. You know what I mean? Because you love every guy. Yep. But you've got to make decisions with your mind. And you start making them with your heart, become unemployed. Well, you know? and, and it's like you said, you love every guy. It's impossible. To, it's impossible. To, you can't play all of them. They it's can't the all be on the field. Yeah, right. Their, their lineup card is limited, unfortunately. Um, that and, and just real quick, not a question in here, but you talk about the game rewarding you in the program. And a lot of times you see those guys who have worked up and, and find it. A lot of times they become the most popular with their teammates, too because their teammates just respect how much they went through to get into that position, which is almost the most, in my opinion, maybe the most rewarding experience for a kid is the guy who works up from the bottom and then he's also loved by his teammates. But since you, we, we kind of touched on a little bit the, the, the transfer portal, how has, you know, 
what's the balance like in, in today's age now? You know, I, I can't imagine of, of, you know, you want those guys to come in as freshmen and develop and, and, and be within the program and understand the culture from day one and grow into those older guys. And then also being able to fill the roster in. I, 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 don't, I might be mistaken here. I think I have from last year's team just guys who kind of, you know, played a, a good bit. You have seven coming back on the position side and only three coming back on the mound, really. So mm -hmm. you've kind of been affected a little bit by that. How do you balance, though, we're bringing in the freshmen, but also we're going to grab guys out of the portal to kind of, you know, balance it out? Yeah. See, every place is different. So, like, when I when I answer this, it's like what I feel our niche is here at Gardner-Webb. Right. Okay. So we go, and in my opinion, I think if we recruited all high school players and tried to go that route – I don't know how competitive we'd be on a year-to-year -year basis, okay? I think if we recruited all transfers, we wouldn't have a good culture. Um, so I really believe we have to have a healthy balance of where we need to be. Um, and we're probably going to be around that 50-50 end all the time. Um, and this, there's been a lot of factors from the COVID to the draft being shortened to, right. like, I can go through a whole list of things, right, that have kind of changed where, like, you know, getting – getting a trans see listen when i got first got into this if you took a junior college transfer it was like he was like a bad kid <laughs> and it's i mean it's not it's here i'm being serious right. it, but it's not it's so far removed now right in a lot of different ways i mean there's so many things from cost to major to and go through a lot of it but you know there's now i mean there's the junior college transfer there's the four-year transfer and it's now easily do there's a grad transfer which right. has been very very good to us very good to us we have great grad programs here um, that are online and different things that allow us the opportunity to do that. So, yeah, it's 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 a unique piece. To, like this year, we have a lot of our lineup back, but we we but we we had to replace a lot on our mount on the mound. Um, and I just think you're going to see this is going to be a consistent flow in a lot of different ways. Um, but it also used to be too like you'd have to get a group in in like three years to develop. Call these guys. These guys all now like I I think. Be Maybe one of the benefits too of having some of the travel ball, and then you're getting guys around from other areas. They like can bond so quick, and the yeah. travel. Like we we see a lot of that too. I mean, there's guys that don't even know each other. Like they're like at each other's houses for Thanksgiving. <laughs> they just met in August. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's real. Yeah. Where I'm not sure you, there was some of that like before because you know you were getting a class in and they were working. I don't know. It's a little different. It's a little different. But I like, think you can get a quick culture like built very quick now like with the way things are formatted and the way the process i really appreciate you saying that because you're the of all the coaches we've talked to and we've kind of talked to about the portal whether on record or not you're the first person who's brought that point up and i, I think it's a really good point of well because they're you know maybe social media has a little bit to to do with it too because you're on instagram you see oh this kid just committed to the school that i'm committed to now i'm going to talk to him via social media and the internet and now we've We've had at least a dozen conversations before you even show up on campus and meet in person. So, like, building that culture quickly, it can help that way. And and how about just, you know, how challenging is it finding the right fit? Because sometimes it's you don't know a guy's going to transfer until July. And he calls you maybe, and he's like, Coach, I'm going to enter the portal and leave. How hard is it to then know, okay, is it – has you, I guess the question I'm trying to ask is, have you found it harder to kind of know what your needs are going into every year because of the transfer portal, or is it pretty much the same as it's been? That part's terrible. Yeah. It's the worst part. It needs a change. Yeah. It's terrible. It's absolutely – the transfer portal windows for baseball are terrible. Yeah. It's no good. Um, I think it, it's – it's. Um, I don't think it's good for quality of life of coaches, right. in my opinion. You're seeing more and more in football getting out yep. mm -hmm. because of, like, the recruiting is – 
You know what I mean? Um, you know, I and for what it's worth, you know, like everybody works hard. Don't get me wrong, but like I, this summer was as tough as the summer as I've ever had on the recruiting trail. Just from trying to recruit the next year's class slash, you know, the portal, doing some different things there. Um, and listen, and it's an example. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not, um, like it's not a secret, but our top two arms transferred July first. Um, so we had to replace 170 innings in like, like six weeks. Yeah, and we started class August 12th. Um, and it's funny how God works because it's, you know, was it, that was tough. It was always oh, really tough. You know what I mean? It was really tough. You know, one went to Alabama, one went to West Virginia, and um, you know, we wish those guys nothing but the best. But we ended up getting getting some guys in here to where I feel like we're in a better spot on the mound than we were a year ago. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart, from a depth standpoint. Um, and it was funny because, you know, thought the world might have been crashing for a minute yeah. there and with that the poor like there there's no off time now right there's none like you're recruiting 24 7 and there used to be a piece where well 20 like you know now now it's kind of a downtime it's a dead period you know it's a quiet period i'm sorry and like you're going through you know you're, you're not on the road you're not doing some stuff but like i used to be for me in the summer once you got through like a little bit of that middle of the july and some of that like you could breathe a little bit no more. No, because you're just holding your breath. Yeah. You're just holding your breath as far as it goes. And we're not the only ones that went through that. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going it's almost, on. It's, it's, it's becoming almost norm. everyone. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how fair or not it is, but I really think you should have two weeks from the time your season ends. So, NCAA, if you're watching this, like, I think you should have 14 days after you're completed your season to get into the portal. I really think. And then if you don't, you have to sit a year. I, I, I'm really adamant behind that. I think – because I think this whole July, you know, it's 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 it just makes it really difficult on a lot of different people. And you know what? This will be the last thing. I don't think people people don't understand where it makes difficult too. They don't think about the people don't think about the, the, the how the trickle down effect, right? And I'm just being, you, you know, the stress that it puts on not only the coaches, right? It puts on compliance, the stress that it puts on our administrative assistant, the stress it puts on admissions, the stress it puts on financial aid at these schools and different housing. Things. Every you just go. Yeah. They, people don't understand like how that decision affects. You heard what I said earlier, right? Yep. No one ever thinks about how that affects the whole. Right. Not and I know it's about the student athlete. We want to give them. For, I get it. I get it. because the same thing goes for coaches. Like again, I don't. I don't have a transfer portal. But like, if someone called and gave me an opportunity, was going to better our family and change our lives. You know what I mean? I have the liberty to go do that. Right. And I've done it, as you said. You've seen my my resume. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm I'm blessed. I've been able to move up. No one's ever moved me out. So, I, I understand like where the balance is with some of that. But also, too, like there should be some windows of decision making to help the whole in, in so many ways. You mentioned the the grad students, and I I would like to at least highlight a, a little bit of a positive of of the transfer portal. Uh, Trevor Matson, who went to Arcadia University, yeah. where all of our loyal listeners know that's where I worked. He was there the year before I got there. Arcadia, one of the things for us is we had no grad programs, we had no school of business, we had nothing for guys to play their four years and proceed their their career because you know our guys wanted to play baseball as long as possible and. 
I always thought it's a really cool situation to be the Division three coach that's able to say, hey, look at this guy playing at Gardner-Webb and, and playing a lot and having success, and we have other kids that are playing across Division one baseball that I had coached while I was there. Um, what's kind of that lens of seeing guys that are able to – maybe those late bloomers that come in and are able to help a program like yours and come into a better situation and get their master's in business administration and kind of be set for life while having a really good six years of a baseball career? Yeah, I mean, we love recruiting the grad transfer from a couple different ways. I mean, number one, I think we have great, I call them baseball majors. We have great ones, right? We have sports management, okay? We have a two-year option, a 10-month option, so we can get the two-year guy, the one-year guy. We have the same thing in business. We can get a one-year or two-year. I think it's very advantageous. And we can get, we can get, we've had a lot of success with guys that were, um, they were Division three or Division two level. Um, Trevor, obviously one of them. Um, who had a great second year here. Um, and then also we have Mason Miller, who grad transferred into here. And then, you know, he's doing pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I'd he's, say. He's in with, you know, obviously with Oakland, and he's uh, he's in a big league. So, like, he, there, there's some pieces there. We do – I can go – we have a list of guys that it's worked really well for. And you're getting an older player. And, you know, sometimes I'll have people say to me, like, well, you know, you only have him for one year. And I go, a year's a long time. Yep. You know, and, and it's it, – there's a piece to that for me where – Again, we do recruit freshman arms, but freshman arms sometimes are not ready to like step in and pitch. And you've and the only way to, to grow is to pitch them, right? In so many ways. And we want some of that to come through summer baseball. That development piece, maybe more than just the actual innings that are played during a season. So where I'm going with that is like we'll recruit the grad transfer arm. We've got a lot we've recruited a lot of high major, power five, okay, successful D two and D three arms that come in here for a year. And really get a chance, and and we love getting the D two D three guy, and I was that guy. There was no opportunity. Like I played with a bunch of guys that could have played Division one baseball, and against, I mean, tons of them. But that wasn't a thing in the early two thousand. You couldn't do any of that, and it wasn't a thing. You didn't you didn't do that. And and now that they have the opportunity, I think I think it is a great thing, especially on this situation that you explained, where you're at somewhere that has no grad program. Right. And you have the opportunity to now, you know what I mean? You, you move on, you do the thing that you need to do. So um, I think the grad, I mean, it's a niche for us. It'll be something we never vacate. We never vacate. And, and I, I have to imagine just them having, I mean, getting in, it's almost like a, you, you sign a veteran at the professional ranks for your team to come in and help because they've been through and they, they've seen the other side. They can almost, you know, they can, help be a leader almost instantly just from the fact that they've been through four years of college baseball and they've seen probably so many different things that the young guys who are walking in here, you know, bright eyed and have never experienced it. They can kind of be almost a calming influence, right? Like, Hey, I've seen this. This is how a lot of times this operates and this operates and, and just getting those guys in who, you know, obviously it's great to have the guys who have risen up through the program, but also those grad transfers, I'd imagine who have who have been somewhere else and can share those stories is huge. Do you know what the best part of it is? In my opinion, this is the best part: is those guys come in here, right, and they have what's called perspective, right? Okay, so they've been somewhere else, they've seen other things, right? It's like it's like anything. It's like you know when you grow up in your hometown, it's the greatest thing in the world, and then you notice that like there's something twenty minutes away, <laughs> right? Right, like oh my goodness, look at this, yeah. right? You know what I mean? And and I think that has to do a lot of this because again. You get freshmen anywhere, right, that go into a program, like or, or young guys for us, right? 
it's all great, right? Mm-hmm. The visit's amazing, right? The, 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 the high school, the hat, the social media, the Instagram. All that goes away, though, right? <laughs> and they get here, and it's hard. Yep. It's really hard. The weight room's hard. The, the class is hard. Right, the practice is like. Wait, we just don't take like ground balls. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're out here for like four. Like mm-hmm. this is re- like, and and then you get in about two weeks of it, and you're starting to break down. Right, I'm so I'm talking things we've all been through. Yep. Then you would the grad transfer helps in my opinion a lot with like when they're around some of those guys and they start going, this stinks. This and they go like, hey, they a lot of our guys will go and they have had they're like this is this is actually pretty good. And yeah. Like, this is better than where I was at before. Like we were doing this at this other and doing this and doing. I kind of really, you, you should be pretty grateful for what you're experiencing here. And to me, that's where I think there's a really big benefit from. It's when I it's 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 not off the field, but you fall. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like it's that experience. I think is really good to really provide perspective to younger players. Yeah, it's a it, it, the funnest thing to do as a as a hitting guy is uh, putting a freshman on a pitching machine at like just kind of stock velocity and just watching them swing through five swings and be like, yep, next guy up. And, and they how do they handle it? Right. How do you handle adversity? Right. It's it's easy to be positive. It's easy to have, you know, good feelings when you're three for three or or finding barrels from a, from 40 feet away, 40 miles per hour. But, you know, we need to train in an environment that's going to get us ready for when, you know, a big South rival comes up here and throws their Friday night guy. And, and we got to be ready to hit. We got to put runs on the board. And, and I always find that as one of the yeah, most being, enjoyable being moments, comfortable, being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that, that's what that does. And that, that from the position player standpoint, I think just those guys getting blown up and like not really understanding the process and what they need to do. And then having an older guy tell them like, Hey, I got to where I'm at because I had to go through this, you know, is, is a lot. So even though it's better to, you know, not better, but it's good to have the older guys that came through your program. And then when you're able to sprinkle in some guys that have some perspective from other places, it allows, it allows growth there too. Yeah. Definitely. And I, I do want to ask a quick question about Mason. Obviously, we all see what he is now. 31 innings in the minor leagues just skyrockets through through the Oakland A's system. Not, not that the Oakland A's system was stocked with arms, but we don't need to. <laughs> I think he went up through any system. Yeah, he would. Yeah, his, oh, his stuff is un, unbelievable. And a, a good friend of ours um, was in AAA with the A's, and, and we had found out actually probably before the majority of the public that he was making his debut after those 31 innings. What was the development like for him? What was Because we all see the guy that's easy 100. What was he like when he showed up here in Boiling Springs and, and how so, did the, the arm play? No doubt. So May, May, let me, May, Mason was good before he got here. You know what I mean? He was already a pretty elite arm. Yeah. Um, and what he needed to do was he was able to get in here and get in under a Division One strength program. You know what I mean? He was able to have the understanding of what he needed to put in his body on a daily basis, and you know he, you know he put on 20 pounds when he came here, in a good way. Um, he understood that he needed to come here, and this was his chance to play professional baseball. He made a very, very mature decision when he came here, because could he pitch to Vanderbilt? Yes. Okay, Arkansas, different places, and he had opportunities to do some of that. He knew the slam dunk was, though, okay, all right, I'm going to go to Gardner-Webb, and I'm going to pitch on the weekend, okay? I'm going to – I know – and we, we communicated to him at a high level, like, look, if you have a bad outing or you're not perfect, which, you know, more than likely is going to happen, 
it's going to be okay. We're going to work with you. You're going to get an op- you're going to get the ball again. You're going to have another opportunity and you know, you're going to continue to get the innings and exposure that you need to play baseball at the next level. And he made the decision. He had a free agent opportunity, you know, during COVID to sign for a certain amount of money. And he decided that, well, wait a second, getting my MBA and getting this opportunity to do this is going to allow me the opportunity. And again, if I if I go and play during COVID, there is no minor league baseball. I'm not going to be playing games. I'm just going to be sitting at a complex. Why don't I go play and try to get myself to where I'll get into the draft and do what I need to do? He came here and knew that he had one year, He had and he had X amount of days, and he made the most of every single day that he was here and carried himself at such a high level professionally. I mean, he acted like a big leaguer before he was one. You know, I just – I just made sure that he was fed, had a place to sleep, and the, the, the pearl was ready on Friday, and we flipped it to him. And again, we just provided an opportunity for him. He's yeah. very, I know he's very grateful for that. And honestly, one of the greatest things that I, that I was able to experience in my career was I was in Houston in September and got to see him pitch. And it was, um, it was very, and again, the relationship too, like I said, communicate with him to this day all the time. And um, he's, uh, like I said, he's a, he's a, he's a wonderful, he, he's got a bright future ahead of him. He's got it. Yeah. And I'm not even talking about the 102 and yeah. some of that's the slider and all those things. I'm talking about just the makeup head to toe and the professionalism. And, and just, he knows that like, you listen, you know, I am a major leaguer, but like I have so much more that I can accomplish and I am going to be committed to that on a daily basis. So I'm excited to see what, what happens with him as things move on. That's incredible. Um, so Penn State, Greater Allegheny, Lockhaven, Barton, some places you've been, now Gardner-Webb. You, you mentioned Mason getting here, getting the Division One strength program, the meal plan. In your biggest mind is, is, is the resources the, diff- the biggest difference between the levels? What's kind of the biggest in your mind, the, the differences between all those different levels you've seen? Because there's good yeah. baseball at all of them, right? I mean, there's no doubt. Yeah. You know, I, I, there's guys I coached at Penn State, Greater Allegheny, could have played here. Right in the big south there's no doubt in my mind um i sometimes become more of a small school advocate than, than i do like you know the division one level because i just you know i've been at the depths of this stuff right i mean I, we don't have enough time to go through some of the <laughs> stories and different things that to play baseball games and do whatever that, that you need to do um you know it, it's 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 yeah resource is definitely a piece right i mean like, like when i was at penn state greater allegheny and lock haven we did not play in right. this we didn't have an indoor like this you know what i mean we didn't have some different things that we have here as far as it goes um the one thing that is consistent i think is that if you have good kids that are tough players that are willing to work is going to equal success and that's at any level that you play at and um you know that's what we strive to get on a yearly basis here because it's what's been consistent as far as the levels go you know, there's, there's. I think that baseball is interesting. I call it like the Olympic ring yep. formula, where like, and no offense, like, listen, props to our football team on our conference yesterday, fired up for them. FCS playoffs, it's great. If our football team went and played Alabama, there's no chance that they win. Right. But if we went and played them in a one game on a Tuesday, you could win. There's a really good chance. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. And as you said, like, you know, your point, we've got a wall of a lot of that. And we were able to get three power five wins last year. Yep. With that, like, there's a big balance of guys that can play at different levels and do different things. You know, it's funny. I, I sit back and I think about going through some of that. 
I just think the access to like resource of of things to make your players better or right. different at different levels. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And as you go, the dip for me, the difference is I think the position player stuff, like, you know, I've in the PSAC, I I, I coached against a good six Chaz or McCormick, seven. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can go center field for the Astros. Alt, uh, yeah. Danny Altavilla. Yeah. And, you know, I, I go through a whole list of guys that play Joey Wendell. I can go mm-hmm. through a whole list of guys that are in the big leagues. You know what I mean? They, they play in, and so I stood across some really good Division Two baseball, okay, and had a couple of teams of my own that I thought were pretty good. Um, so the position player stuff is there's a lot of similarities to mid major baseball and really good Division Two baseball. Mm-hmm. Everybody's guy on Friday in Division Two is like a dude. Yep. Mm-hmm. In the PSAC, he's a prospect. Yep. And. Every guy in the Big South, it's it's probably that and some a little bit more. You know, there weren't a lot of Mason Millers and some mm-hmm. other – you know, we had three top ten round picks in 21 in the Big South. Like, probably not maybe sometimes like some mm-hmm. of that. The bullpen's yeah. the, the biggest piece yeah. in the spin. The breaking ball okay. is, is, a, is a little tighter in my opinion and it's, you know, it, it consistent yeah. as far as it goes. But, you know – I just think for like here, I mean, this is the biggest selling point that I use is like, man, on Tuesday we play South Carolina, right? We play North Carolina, we play Duke, and we're going to Texas Tech Texas this Day, year. Yeah. Like, and we got a chance to win those games. Mm-hmm. We legitimately have a chance. We're not driving in to pick up a check and go home, right? Mm-hmm. We have a chance to win those games, and I think that's what's like special. Yeah, football is not just about moving the other human into another space or baseball is not like that like football is where Football's it's like going to get the check and come yeah home. i got a bigger and stronger player in front of yeah. me there's nothing stay healthy 100 i'll ask you this for from a guy that's been at so many levels what, what do you think the biggest difference is and and how guys like joey wendell and Chaz mccormick end up in the PSAC, which obviously we've talked about it's very good baseball and maybe don't get those division one looks like you know we've probably have some high schoolers that'll watch this episode and and a don't lose faith and don't lose hope because there is the developmental aspect that you could still play and further your baseball career but what do you kind of think is the differentiator between the guy that ends up in the big south uh compared to the guy that that might get overlooked coming out of high school i i just think it's all about timing of physical tools yep right and growth and and, and when does their body change and what 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 happens right and the need too you know what i mean in a lot of different ways and I think that, I mean, again, the rosters were 35 when some of that was going on in Division One. Now they're 40. Mm-hmm. And, like, so some of those guys may be getting a little more opportunity in so many ways. But but I think a lot of it's got to do with, like, when the light bulb goes off, like, like maturing-wise, like, in as far as – because, again, some of those guys that we talked about probably maybe weren't – they were fringe Division One guys at that time. Mm-hmm. Or they were they – were, they obviously were Division One players, <laughs> yeah. high-level ones. But they didn't turn into that till a little, maybe a little later in their career, sophomore, junior year. And there wasn't the transfer opportunity that there was today. Mm-hmm. Not saying that any of those guys would have transferred, but there's a chance that some of those arms in a PSAC could have went and pitched to Virginia for a year. Right. Instead of having to stay at wherever it may be in that league, if they had that opportunity, they might have done it. We don't know that. But I think that it's just all about when – it was roster need, where they were at, and then the physical maturation that they went through. You know, because a lot of those guys that we're talking about, they, they, they matured a little later. 
They did. You know, I mean, like you said, they had the velo jumps a little late, and some of that stuff that happened. You know, and listen, I've known Danny Altavilla. I, I've known him and his family since he was a little kid. We're from the same area of Pittsburgh. And, you know, I mean, if, 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 if you know, if a bunch of coaches at the Power 5 level knew he was going to go from 87 to 97, <laughs> they would have recruited him. <laughs> yeah. You know, but that's, you know what I mean? That's not, you know what I mean? You don't know. Yeah. You just don't know. Definitely, definitely. So, we'll, we, you know, we're getting close to an hour here, so we want to be respectful of your time and obviously appreciate um, all the time that you've given us and given us the access that you have. Um, you know, my biggest question, we've walk, we've done a, a slight walkthrough of the, camp, of the facilities over here. Um, the investment, everything that's coming in here, it's awesome. We're hoping to highlight that with the videos that we're going to be able to get. Kind of talk to us of what your visions are for the future of Gardner-Webb Baseball and and obviously continuing to further this, you know, kind of facility uh, facility upgrades that you've had so far. Yeah, it's it's so my vision when I got here was is to get, get us into a point to where we were going to be able to develop players. And this is kind of what we talked about. So my goals were, right, we redid the bullpen. Okay, we want I, again. It all starts in a mound. If you can pitch it, you got a chance. So I wanted to get that area to where it's, I believe, one of the best in mid-major baseball. I really believe that, um, the where we have that opportunity. Then was to get the playing surface where we needed to do. We got the turf renovated, so okay, we got that taken care of. Dream was to get the indoor facility done, right? So it was to get that piece that we're now our position players and our whole program have that place that we've already discussed, right? So now we have the pieces to make players better. I didn't want to get a st- crazy with aesthetics at first. I didn't think that I want to get all function correct where we can make players better. Was, does a new locker room make the players better? No. Is it nice? Absolutely. Right? Does a new scoreboard make our players better? No. Right. But it's nice, right? Seating. So with that, we lead into is I feel like we have all the pieces now that we need to get players better. Now I want to work on the aesthetics. Locker room's the next piece. You know, it's funny to say that I've coached a lot of years without one. <laughs> yeah. You know, I try to mention some of our guys about changing in a car and all that. Like, yeah. It's done all that. For, yeah. So now we want to renovate our locker room. We want to uh, blow out the wall in here where the old cage was, expand it, do all those type of things. There's some preparation and communication to start hopefully that process, you know, at least the initial planning part of it here in the near future. So that's important to me. Getting a video board out our facility is important to me i want to do that at some point and then redo our seating in our stadium is also important to me from that standpoint um would love a new outfield wall um and doing some that we're actually starting to communicate on some of those pieces too so to me a lot of that's the functionality and aesthetics piece to help the raise the ballpark to where where we need to be so those are kind of some of the things that i would like to do and constantly like i said inside of that now is the minor stuff of in, investing in player development we just got a little bit of funding for we're going to be building a nutrition station up in our indoor facility. It's going to be a, an office storage area with a serving station pointing out towards our weight room. You'll see when you're up there. It's not there, but you can visualize it. But that's yeah. going to be coming in the near future. We just got some funding to, to get those things that we need to put into our body after we lift mm-hmm. and work out and do different things to help our players get better and stay where they need to be. That's awesome. You got any other questions no, for Coach the, Chester? I'm bought in. I'm bought in. That's so awesome. And I like the the way you went about it there, the function, and then let's get the aesthetics taken care mm-hmm. of. That's awesome. And just thank it you. It goes the other time. way around sometimes. Sure. People want, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, the aesthetics. Yeah. Sure. The aesthetics. Sure. You know what I mean? So, like, you know. But when you think about it, the function seems to make sense first. <laughs> those things get good, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Those I things get saying. good players. Yeah. 
the aesthetics then convert. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But mm -hmm. uh, sometimes, I mean, do you really want to like use aesthetics to like convert recruits? I mean, I'll, right. That's your only guy, selling you know I mean? piece. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's a good time to be a, be a bulldog here. I think I can speak that after sitting here and talking to you. I think it's a, a great time to be and get developed. And they've shown a track record of developing guys in your time here. And the last question I'll ask you with is obviously the Big South is changing. What's kind of your outlook heading into 2024 with um, a couple teams leaving? And, and obviously, it seems like there's an opportunity for a couple of teams to strike while the stove is hot. Yeah, no doubt. I think um I think you got a lot of happy um, coaches, the Campbells, out of the league. Um, you know, I'm one of them. Now, I, Justin Hare is a stud. There's a the great coach. They, they're really good. Um, you talk about resource. They, they've got a lot of pieces and things that are going to allow them to continue to be successful. And um, um, man, it felt good. We got them the last game yeah. we ever played, and we, we got out of Bowie's Creek with a win. It was a good feeling. But we played them well last week, last year. But anyway. Um, I think that, you know, the league's up for grabs. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody's got a chance to win it. I mean, the Upstate's going to have a good team this year. Um, they've got a lot of guys back. They're going to be good. And, you know, I think there's some other teams that are going to be – I mean, I think we're right in that mix. I mean, I just like – man, we just want to play our best baseball at the end of May. Yeah. That's all I care about. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just being that top four and just be playing our best yep. baseball at the end of May. So – I think it's a great opportunity. I think it's positioned ourselves to give us a chance to win the Big South. I think we've, you know, you always have the chance to win it, but I think legitimately now it's like, I hate to say a coin flip, but I think everybody's got a pretty good chance to do what they need to do. No doubt. And from talking to you, I think you guys have as good of a shot as any. And, and we're looking forward to obviously following you guys through this 2024 season and, and really beyond. Um, and like I said, I know I speak for all of our listeners and everybody who's going to watch this. You know, we appreciate you taking the time to sit with us. We're looking forward to getting around uh, the facilities and being able to get that on video as well. Uh, but thank you for taking the time to to sit down with us and, and sco dogs. Can I, can I ask you guys a question? Yeah, of course. absolutely. So, like, how are we going to get, like, Tommy Cockle some air time? <laughs> we'll get him. We'll make sure he gets some care time. We'll get him some care He's like the mastermind that sits behind us. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's how do we a, get this guy? We've been, listen, we've been doing this podcast for 120 episodes. Yeah, 120 yeah. episodes into this thing. He has not agreed to come on once. We've asked multiple times. We've been trying to get him on. He's like, at this point, he's kind of becoming like our white whale. Like we just like and white whale. He's like getting he's getting he's getting trapped today. He doesn't yeah. know it. He's gonna yeah. be on camera at some point. Does he does he tell you guys like what he tells all of our players? He was like eighty nine, ninety two. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, I know for a fact he wasn't. You, no. you well, so do I. I was coaching for two years. I, mean, I, I was right there. I witnessed it he was firsthand. The, he was mean? the he was the guy. You guys were like, ah, oh, we 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 need a we need a filler arm today, Tommy. Uh, wind that thing up and get him out there. <laughs> he was the first like change of pace like honestly like where like it's funny because i mean this is talking about mason right like so we had a, we had a really good arm at lock haven um last name was belinda he was an upper 90s guy devastating slider and like when he would get to his limit I mean, he'd strike out 12 13 guys or whatever like we'd bring tommy in behind. <laughs> you know what i mean he'd be throwing frisbees from the left side you know what i mean yeah. and he, he would get six or nine out yeah you know, you know what i mean and listen we had a, a kyle skidmore was a kid who was here two years ago lefty very similar to Tom, like like very like ton of strikes in his zone. You know what I mean? Compete all that. We we bring him in. He was 81, 82, right like left hand, and he was he was good for us. Really good. He came in behind Mason, so Mason would be like ninety seven <laughs> to a hundred, and then this dude would come in and like he get one time through. It looked like you know Bugs what I mean? Bunny. Oh yeah. my goodness, hundred yeah, <laughs> percent. And we actually have another guy this year. 
behind we have some we have some upper um, mid and upper 90 arms that we feel we're going to be able to bring another so guy it's just like he's like you know, just the, Tommy just keeps recreating himself <laughs> everywhere I go. I you said know what it mean? before. You're never going to get rid of him. No, Even when he's can't. not here, he's, like, he's just, he's, 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 he's he shows up in other up, forms. You know I mean? Over and over and over. But, no, but shout out to Tom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Man, hey, you know what one I mean? of the yeah. best. Oh, we thank love him. You, uh, thank you, Tommy, for setting this up and, and <laughs> yeah. getting us here. And, and hopefully it'll be the the first of many trips here. But Always again, welcome. Yep. Thank you. We appreciate that. And, and I know all our listeners will appreciate all the information you provided as well. No problem. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. Thank no you. Are you doing all right? Perfect. Perfect. Perfect.